All right, everyone, welcome to the Resilient Responder Podcast, brought to you by First Responder Coaching. I'm your host, Keith Hanks. Today with me, I have Jennifer Anderson, founder and CEO of First Responder Coaching, or FRC, as we will reference it for this episode. So as a pilot episode, I just want to kind of let everyone know where what the theme is here. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to cater to the men and women of the first responder world, along with their families, spouses, children, yada, yada. Um, as time goes on, we'll probably have guests that may not be responders. They may be culturally competent uh, counselors, therapists, uh, resources, whatnot. Um, but today's episode, we're going to bring Jen on and she's going to talk about sort of why FRC is FRC and uh, what our hopes and dreams are with this with this podcast. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Jen. Hi, Keith. Thank you for having me be on the first ever FRC podcast. First ever. First ever. First. Okay. So exciting. Um, so, yep, Jen Anderson. Um, I am the founder CEO of First Responder Coaching. Um, very long story short, my husband was in policing for, for 15 years and uh, suffered a mental health break back in 2017 that led to hospitalization in 2018. And around that time, I didn't have any access to resources that would support me as a spouse moving through the challenges of um, of his mental health concerns. So I turned to coaching as a way to identify where I was then in those moments of, of structuring our family, rebuilding the foundation of our family, rebuilding our financial future, those types of pieces. And through a 12-week coach course, um, I learned a lot about who I needed to be to help us move through that time. Uh, as my husband was getting better and and coming home after his hospitalization, I was the wife, the woman, the mom that I needed to be to help us maintain um, our relationship moving forward. So shortly after I was approached um, and asked if I was interested in learning how to coach, I went through my own nine month coach certification course. And then Valentine's Day of 2021, I launched Blue Line Coaching. Blue Line Coaching was a way for me to connect to law enforcement spouses in particular. I was partnered with the National Police Wives Association for a little while. And through that connection, I started coaching some Capitol Police spouses. And they became very interested in learning more about coaching. I went back to the gentleman who trained me. And we launched a coach certification class last April, May. And uh, since then, uh, realizing that trauma is something that all of our first responders experience and bring home, we decided to move into first responder coaching about a year and a little bit ago now. So. It's been quite a ride this last year and a half here, um, building out this this coaching opportunity for for all of our first responder community. It has been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's it's weird. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of people listening would probably pick up on this. So, 2015 is is a weird year for a lot of first responders. It was um, about a year and a half uh, after the marathon bombing, where a lot of first responders really started showing a lot of signs of uh, mental breaks and um, compassion fatigue and ultimately PTSD. And I know for me, and it's, um, and I obviously know your husband's story, um, you know, for me and several other responders that I work with regularly, um, 2015 was that year for us. It was the year that we all discovered that um, we weren't doing well. We weren't coping well. Um, We weren't ready for what this job was doing to us. Um, so to kind of build into that part, part of my story and why, why we're doing this, why me and Jen have partnered to do this podcast through first responder coaching 
uh, is because I was a first responder for 21 years. I was a firefighter and an EMT. Um, and I thought I had it. Um, I was the tough guy. I was, uh, you know, suck it up buttercup, like so many other guys and, and women on the job. And, um, well, 2015 proved I couldn't do it anymore. And by 2017, I had to leave the job. And, um, you know, years go on, I advocate, I start doing a lot of different things. And, you know, me and Jen met in the fall of 2021 um, through one of the first responder groups that we both belong to on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I got to discover what coaching was. And, you know, with with that, Jen, um, you know, I know what coaching is, obviously, you know, uh, leading into the story, I was going to tell people that, you know, I obviously became a certified coach after um, being coached by you for a while. Uh, and then obviously I became the director of business development and then now the director of promotions here at FRC. Um, can you explain to people um, maybe there, where some confusion may be with what coaching really is? If you could elaborate on that. Yeah, thank you, Keith. Um, so yeah, coaching is a very different modality in a number of ways. Uh, typically you go see a counselor or a therapist because they are the expert in their field. They have the information that you are seeking to help you move through a challenging part of your life. In coaching, you are the expert in your own life. So coaching is really about this 80-20 rule. 80% of the time we are listening. We train our coaches to listen on a various number of levels to what's being said, what's not being said, how you're saying the things that you're saying, body language, um, intonation, all of those pieces. And through listening, we are able to identify characteristics and, and understand where our person is and then ask them some really powerful questions that help them move through, um, again, areas of their life that they might not have a level of satisfaction that they want. So the difference is being is, again, you are the expert in your own life. And so coaches will ask questions like, what? You know, you're great right now. What are some of the things that you're doing right now to help with your stress management, with your overall well-being? So when trauma occurs on the job, because we know it will, mm-hmm. um, what are some of those strategies that are working really well for you right now that you'll be able to use as you move through trauma, as you move through a critical incident, as you move through a, a bump in the road with your marriage? Um, so that way we can help support this first responder community in positively. They can have positive experiences and positive outcomes, building that resilience, right? Not just our coping skills, but the resilience needed to have longevity in the career, advancement in the career, successful relationships, successful financial relationships. All of those pieces um, are an intricate part of what coaching is about. You know, it's, it's so true because, you know, a lot of people... Um... You know, I know for me, I, I had been in therapy and whatnot since I was a kid. And, um, you know, you, you couple 34, 35 years of therapy and then you go into a situation as I did with you have a different perspective given to you through coaching. And it's sort of like uh, the best way I kind of describe people, it's like almost playing dodgeball by yourself. So you you go to a therapist and, and you know, they're kind of like you throw things at them and they kind of they throw it right back to you. They're like, OK, so this is what we need to do. I found with, with coaching, it's almost like you're you're you're. You are, like you said, you're the expert, right? And so your your coaching partner, the the coach in the in the in this relationship, is sort of um they're like, okay, that's great that you want to work on this. What are you gonna to do to do so? And and that's just you know an example of how this is, but instead of having someone else give you these answers, it, it gives you the power and 
as a responder, uh, we are very um, go doers. We are very instant gratification sort of people. And to be able to have that power given back to that person uh, is huge. It's huge. It's, it's very gratifying. And because of that, in my case, they, um, that just turned into a domino effect with what I was able to do with pushing, pushing forward and doing things and utilizing what I, what I learned in coaching in therapy. And, and, and so with that, um, specifically, uh, at FRC, what is, what does coaching look like at FRC? What says FRC above the rest? Great question. Uh, what makes FRC so special is that obviously a number of things, but not only do we offer a specific coach certification course for all of the coaches within FRC, but all of those coaches are within the first responder community. Period. So when we have conversations about going to a therapist or speaking to someone, um, oftentimes they are not culturally competent, right? That's a huge buzzword right now. To have someone who's culturally competent in the ways that the first responder world exists is, is, a, is, is a huge priority for FRC. We know that in order to break through that tough outer shell of our first responder, we need to have connection. We need to have understanding of what life is like on the job and for their family members too. And so I, we very much pride ourselves on all being connected to our first responder community in that way. Um, so that's very special, important to us. It is, it is. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, I, I can't be, I'm, I'm biased, I guess, in a way, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm part of this, this group, this family. And, you know, I know the people who are involved. And I know, I know the spouses that are, that are coaches and the, and the spouses that are, you know, in, in admin spots within FRC. And these are people who have, are very vested in this cause. Uh, people who have gone through their own their own trauma because of either if they are the responder or their their spouse is the responder, they've gone through um, mm -hmm. you know what it looks like to have to try to find someone who, you know, you don't have to explain what it's like to, that it's okay that they came home late for dinner, you know, for the third night that that week or uh yet it was another Christmas, they weren't home. You know, a lot of unfortunately uncompetent counselors um when it comes to this culture don't understand that so what do you mean you were home for christmas or what do you Thank what do you, you mean that you know he he or she had to work and a double uh and Thank if you didn't find out till four hours into a shift you know they don't uh they don't get that so to so having a group of people who who are in an organization um and this you know this actually leads me into another another question whose mission is to you know help these first responders and their spouses uh is huge because you don't find it a lot um you know, so having having said that, um, what is uh, what is FRC's mission statement? What is what is their overall, I guess, goal um, when it comes to the first responder world? Great. Um, our mission is really about accessibility. It's about building accessibility to a different modality that is changing the culture, changing the environment of our first responder community. So what that really means is, yeah, you alluded to it before, the suck it up buttercup mentality or the brush it off or, you know, let's go for beer after the shift mentality is not where we need to continue to focus our attention. What needs to happen is this layering of modalities within departments, um, within our first responder world to provide extra, again, extra support um, and network even. Um, of support of beginning, middle, you know, during trauma, you know, after trauma into retirement, what do all of these stages of our first responder world look like? 
And having the accessibility of coaching as one of those modalities is very important to FRC. And it's, uh, it's great that you bring up accessibility and, uh, you know, resources and stuff like that. One of the things, um, and I'm sure Jenna will elaborate a little bit more on this, that we actually did recently is uh, FRC actually co-hosted a, a conference with the New Hampshire Fire Academy. And one of the biggest things uh, for, for myself coming from the job, being the responder, um, was that it's one thing to, to be someone who's talking about something and not, not necessarily being the responder, but to have a group of people who are getting up there and, and sharing their stories. Um, you know, Jen, myself, and the rest of the admin team felt it was very important to, um, you know, get out more outside of just the coaching part of the business and to really, you know, kind of spread our wings and, and get our hands out into other parts. Um, you know, Jen, when we decided to do that, you know, how did that feel? How did that feel to, to start to uh, undertake other things that weren't just, uh, you know, coaching individuals? <laughs> well, thanks to you, dear. Um, no, really. Um, I, it was a scary process at first to think about prospect. Um, because again, I one of the things I feel very strongly about is that I don't have all of the answers. I don't know exactly how this is going to go. I don't know what the needs are of the entire community. And so to be building a network and building an admin team that brings ideas to us and says, hey, I think this would be a great idea. What are your thoughts? And I say, you know, <laughs> you want to run our first FRC mental health symposium? Let's do it. Um, it was so gratifying. It was such an amazing opportunity to share modalities. And that was another piece that I think is important to touch upon that coaching it in my opinion, the proactive approach to mental health and wellness throughout um, a first responder's life, you know, career and otherwise, and personal. Um, but there isn't a one-size-fits-all right. modality. We have to have conversations, um, you know, top-down, bottom-up, left and right, about what's working for you as an individual. And that's what coaching can help elucidate that's that's what that's illuminates right those are the things that we can have the conversations in coaching to say what's working for you what's not working for you and how can we navigate the areas that are working in order to again help you have a, a successful and satisfied life so having that conference was just such a pleasure such an honor um, to have all those people together in one room talking about the modalities that worked for them and right leaving having those people leave with a sense of okay now i know that there is help out there i know that there's different help out there um and i know where i can go to access it as we just mentioned right going back to the accessibility piece um, i have resources i can access to get the help i need and that was powerful yeah for sure you know and you know to build on the, the proactive it's great that you just brought up you know the proactive part of this um why is it why is being proactive so important in the first responder community, in your words? As a first responder spouse, I watched from the sidelines as my husband's mental health deteriorated for years, hmm. for years. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't stop the train, right? The amount of weight that was put on his shoulders each and every day on the job, each time he put that uniform on was so heavy. And to see 
how it was impacting him, shaping he was and who he um became that's hard to sit and not do anything about right so we can start having some conversations within the community about what those things look like and again different for everyone um absolutely different for everyone um maybe that's a topic for another another podcast (laughs) soon what are what does that look like but um, to not know what to do, what to say, how to respond to those differences um, was so tragic, mm. so tragic. So for me, it's incredibly important to discuss coaching as the proactive piece because we shouldn't just be sitting around waiting until crisis hits, right? Um, you know, again, vivid images of my husband who was incapable of contracting for safety mm. in a chair at a partial program sobbing. We shouldn't have had to get to that point. We should right. not have had to get to that point. So if I can, you know, if FRC can change the world, we can change the world into saying, here's an approach that can prevent people from getting to that point of just devastation. I'm going to do whatever it takes. FRC is going to do whatever it takes to change that mentality. And that's a huge piece because, you know, um, any any first responder who acknowledges that mental health is a thing uh, and that PTSD is a thing and the job affects them will tell you that if they were given the tools um, beginning of the career, uh, five years in the career, on how to navigate this, how to have these conversations with not not even just their family, but just like the admins at work, their their captains, their their leadership. Um, if they were able to, to have these conversations to know what to do when when the job started affecting you, maybe we wouldn't be getting to a point of crisis. Because as you alluded to earlier, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And we're not trying to get rid of that. I think anyone who has any sort of part in the first responder uh, mental health port portion of what's going on, you know, with the stigma and everything else. I don't think anyone's trying to take away the toughness of the job or the bad things happening. It's impossible. You're not going to do that. Yes. But I think um, as most of us at FRC are very much like-minded, I think the idea of being proactive is sort of that, Hey, let's talk about it before it becomes this issue. Um, because once it's an issue, things have already spiraled and you're now starting to pick up pieces that you may not be able to put back together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. It's literally critical. It's critical to saving lives and saving family. Like you have to have the space for the conversations before tragedy hits to know, I mean, we, it's, we talk about the, uh, Smoke detector versus sprinkler system. Yep. Yep. We have to start putting in more smoke detector-like modalities so we aren't just relying on, and forgive me, again, there are phenomenal inpatient, outpatient programs. Mm -hmm. There are some extraordinary therapy, you know, modalities. EMDR, I think, personally saved my husband's life. Phenomenal modality. So when crisis occurs, you know, there are tools out there that can be utilized. Um, but again, why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? We, we shouldn't be waiting. It's such a stubborn culture. Um, and a lot of that, 
a lot of that stems from this is my opinion folks um a lot of that <laughs> stems from the uh you know testosterone driven history of it you know where it was all men and uh for a long time and at least the law enforcement and firefighting end of this uh it was an unwanted job it was a job that wasn't wanted by most people in society so the lower class of it ended up doing it and you weren't allowed to talk about it and that sort of uh, became very tradition uh traditional in uh, both of those fields and it just spiraled it spiraled to the other ones and um you know i think you know being proactive um in this job I mean, we're proactive for the most part we're not as good as we could be but we're proactive with physical health why aren't we doing this with how the job is going to affect us because it's going to thank you <clears throat> you know one way or the other um yeah. you, you brought up a good point though when it comes to you know this proactive piece of it this kind of you know segues into the next question i sort of have and that's you know what can be worked on during a coaching session that could be applied to a responder's um, or spouse's personal or professional life? What, what, what can they do that would help those areas? So our basic opening conversation with someone who's coming into a coaching session is about areas of, of satisfaction in their life. We have hundreds of tools and strategies to look at, you know, career obviously being a top priority for many of our first responders, but um, what about your leisure and fun time? You know, what are you doing for your hobbies? Is there satisfaction in that area of your life? Um, again, financial satisfaction, relationship satisfaction, family life satisfaction, all of those areas come together. Maybe it's faith-based satisfaction. Um, we've got a really great community of faith-based um, coaches as well. So to have conversations about the level of satisfaction in all areas of life is the first part of what we do as coaches in a, in a coaching relationship. Um, is a great indicator of where we need to move through within our coaching sessions. Um, so literally any aspects of life can be worked on, um, can be moved through um, using the coaching modality. Does that answer the question? It does. And, and to build on that, one of the things I, I like to add when, when I'm ever in a conversation about you know coaching and, and whatnot that people sometimes ask is, um, so yeah, coaching can be an independent thing, but then coaching can feed into so many of the modalities that are out there. And and like mm -hmm. I had said earlier on, um, you know, I use it to better approach, you know, my own therapy, my one-on-one -on -one therapy. I mean, these days my therapy, each session is more, uh, we utilize that time better than I've ever used therapy in the past because I've learned how to communicate what I need to communicate and set goals and, and have a different perspective that during that therapy, I'm able to use the coaching part beyond just the coaching helping with certain things, the coaching can help other modalities. Yeah, um, I think that's great. And, and it, again, the practical application, that's exactly what you're mentioning, right? Yep. We're going to our therapists or counseling, they're suggesting, they're giving you ideas and tools and strategies. That's great. But then how do you apply them practically to your daily, you know, ins and outs of your life? Um, so absolutely working with a counselor, you know, and a coach is just pinnacle. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for pointing that out. It's important, um, you know, because I think, uh, you know, leading to the next part here, I, I think it's it's important for people to try to figure out in, in here and, and sort of discover probably on their own uh, how coaching um, can fit in their life. And, you know, with that, I have in my mind, I have I have the answer to this, in, in my opinion. But what would be your answer to what coaching's role is uh, in regards to, you know, first responder? mental health and wellness specifically beyond the proactive piece if you had to give an answer to that what would you think that would be i think coaching's role is 
again, the creation of space. I feel very strongly that as we go through life, we have challenging moments that we need to process. And if we're not creating space for the ability for the brain to take a moment and say, hold up, like that was a rough situation or that was a learning experience or don't do that again or no, do that again. Um, then we're not growing in a way that we're not thriving in a way that we could be, I guess right. would be the way to put it. Right. Um, in terms of the the practical application of coaching, half hour, 45 minutes a week. Well, do you wonders? <laughs> um, absolutely. Do you wonders? And it might not sound like a lot. You're like, Oh, half hour. Yeah. A half an hour of a coaching session a week works wonders. It's the creation of space for you to share those ideas, share those moments, um, reflect on them, um, give, be given it, you know, observing a different uh, point of view about them that helps you to, to navigate all areas um, of your life. So um, it is recommended, her, her recommendation of half hour to 45 minutes minimum per week for you know, a solid three months to see these changes, to see what it is that you are, you're moving through, but um, just the creation of space, right. I think is necessary. I think it's, um, you know, that creation of space is, is, is important, is vitally important because a lot of times in the first responder world, and as a um, law enforcement spouse, you'll understand this, um, the responder themselves may, may get the help, right? They may go out and then they're getting whatever, modality but it's not coming back home it's not what they're doing isn't the work's not being brought home to the relationship to the children to the family to whatever it is and that's you know what i feel is is a really nice thing with coaching is that the entire first responder family tree if you will um can benefit from this and and it can open up those lines of communications give them that space as you said um to flourish and to and to better their lives, you know, personally, which will eventually obviously lead to uh, better professional development. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's it's we just don't do that enough, right? We have lots of conversations about, um, you know, self care and you know taking a moment and smelling the rose, you know, stop and smell the roses. How often are we, you know, scrolling through a Facebook feed and see? you know, stop and smell the roses kind of, you know, messages. And we're like, yep, we should be doing that. But yet we still scroll, right? Right. Um, so yep. to purposefully create that space is, I think, again, moving forward, something we need to be doing or act actively doing. And not just, again, for the first responder, as you just said, but the entire community. So the entire, the spouses, the family members um, of the you know, teenagers and get the teenagers yep. being impacted, the, the relationships between our first responders and our children. Um, what does that look like? And how can we support that too, by creation of space? So. It's so important. It's so important. And with that, um, let's go into what's happening now at FRC. Let's, mm -hmm. um, let's talk about some of the things we're working on. What is, um, when it comes to how FRC can be utilized, by um, you know responders, their spouses, departments, organizations. Uh, how is that happening now at uh, First Responder Coaching? Oh boy, um, it has <laughs> been again a whirlwind of a year. And what's really been phenomenal is the um, adjustments, the 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 tweaks that we've been able to make in this last year about 
Um, again, our one-on-one -on -one coaching partnership, um, you know, individuals who are coming to FRC, recognizing that they need that space, they need that network, um, they need some conversation. Um, and so that's been going really well. Um, and then to move into some conversations within departments, this has been a really cool opportunity for FRC as we've created our own network of coaches. We're up to 40 plus coaches here at FRC. And what we're now doing is boots on the ground, going into departments, presenting what coaching looks like to top down, bottom up, and having a really frank conversation about what coaching can do for them in their departments. And then from there, departments and organizations can have the opportunity to purchase those this coaching service on their own and say, hey, guys, look what we're doing to support you. Look what mm -hmm. we're doing to support your mental health um, and wellness moving toward the future. Um, so that's been very cool to be coordinating and collaborating with a number of departments across the country to bring coaching in, um, in specifically to the departments. So, um, yeah, different, couple of different pieces. We also have our, um, coach approach for peer support. So if we have organizations, departments that are like, oh, actually we, you know, we have a peer support organization or we've got a SISM team. That's awesome. That's great. Let's teach them how to use the coach approach to, again, further the conversation to right. depth in, that's not a word, cross that out, deepen <laughs> the conversations about um, about what needs to happen um, in their lives to, to create that level of satisfaction for them. And, and that's a that's a big deal, the peer support piece. And I want, I want to harp on this for a second. Um, being a member of a peer support group, um, which I have been for a while, uh, a lot of times, uh, now there's training specifically for peer support. Most people listening to this probably know that. There is specific peer support training. You can't just, yes. and well, you can, you can run a peer support group, but the certification is specific training. And one of the things we do, because we're helpers um, in this, at least first responder based peer support is we want to fix what the person's saying. So the person comes to us and they say, uh, yeah, I've been really upset because this shift went really, and we go right for the shift. We go for that. Okay. This is the problem. Right. And, and that isn't, that usually isn't what it is. I know with me, when I've been upset about something, uh, when I was on the job, it wasn't what happened on the shift. It was what that shift made me think about that was going on probably in my personal life that was that was causing the problem or from the past, whatever it may be. Um, and the nice thing with coaching uh, with the CAPS program, the coaching approach to uh, peer support, is that it, it sort of allows those peer support members and moderators to, to hone in on their listening and conversation skills to maybe pick up on what may be the actual problem uh, to help better help their peer support members. Huge. Thank you for saying that. That was incredible. Absolutely. Um, again, layering the modalities. Yes. You know, building one on top of the other. And, you know, it's, I think we, um, I think we've all learned stuff at FRC in the last little bit, but I, <laughs> I think, you know, going from, you know, just being like, okay, coaching, to being like, okay, so now we're going to kind of come in this angle and then we're going to kind of come in this angle. I think we've all learned from all the modalities and modalities will all benefit from coaching. And I, and I really, I really do think it's a hand in hand relationship with all these. And, you know, one of the things I always stress with people and I want to stress here is that one does not get rid of the other. And several of these modalities may be needed down the road or before, or even during. And, um, you know, coaching can really make you, <laughs> I don't want to say make, but it really does sort of make you see that benefit um, that you get when you give yourself to whatever that modality is, where you maybe it's just skimming the surface in your therapy. Um, maybe you can 
jump in deeper. And that's really what it is, right? Deeper conversations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, like you said, that not necessarily one size fits all, but when we're having conversations about um, the S word, you know, the stigma word, it's like, well, no, I've got a coach. You have a coach. Why don't you have a coach? Everyone needs a coach. <laughs> it's right. a little cheesy, but it, it, it does. It breaks up that um, it breaks down some of those walls, especially with that cultural competency piece. And I think is so, so incredibly important too. So yes, very much so. So how are we finishing off 2022 here at FRC? What's the, what's the, uh, what's the outlook for the rest of this calendar year look like? <laughs> well, um, not only the amazing launch of the resilient responder podcast, um, oh, but yeah, of course, <laughs> this is exciting. Um, but also, again, just doing what we can to you know spread the word, to share our mission, to share our goals, um, to kind of button up here again. As someone who came out of seventeen years of education background, I have learned so much about business building and the creation of um, of FRC. So. I'm excited to kind of button up some things here and and tighten the reins a bit and, and look at what we have coming down um, into next year to really flourish in ways that FRC is so capable of. Mm. Now that we've created an amazing infrastructure of, of amazing admin members, um, I'm really looking forward to this last month of just saying, okay, this is what we're setting up. And January 2023, it is going to be a phenomenal year for FRC in so many ways, because not just, you know, getting the word out, but again, the more people that we can support through the accessibility of coaching and what we're trying to, you know, what we're accomplishing, um, that's going to make for the productive year, right? The conversations that are going to have, you know, in departments and in one-on-ones and um, those are going to be the most impactful for sharing what we're doing with FRC, for bringing FRC and making it accessible for others. Um, so I'm really proud of where we've come and I'm really looking forward to where we're going. And I think that's an important piece, um, you know, outside, even, even outside of the business end of things, I think it's important for people to understand that, um, you know, this isn't just about building a business. This is about, you know, increasing longevity in the first responder world i mean you don't you don't got to go very far in a, in a google search right now to see that fire departments police departments ems departments it doesn't matter if you're on call volley squad or a you know new york city fire department it is people just aren't sticking around anymore people aren't sticking around people are they're either dying by their own hands or they're mm -hmm. they're leaving on medical or they're just not coming to the job and there are departments right now that um just can't hold on to people and part of that is you know comes back to the leadership and an administrator yes. and if if these people can you know which we're having conversations with at frc right we're having these department conversations with the current leadership of departments offering these support and that's what these members need is support it's not yeah. they don't need it's not pay raises are great right we all more money is always welcome <laughs> but that's really not when i was on the job i didn't need an extra five dollars and i well i, I could have used it but, <laughs> but it, yeah. it wasn't the money I, <laughs> no. I just i just wanted my captain i wanted my my chief i wanted town hall to give a shit that i was putting my life on the line and my family's well-being on the line and my mental well-being on the line it's all about support. And I think, you know, FRC, you know, really getting in touch with these departments on a one-on-one -on -one basis, like we are, and, and spreading that word, getting that word out, 
uh, is the beginning of of hopefully what will will be the turnaround. Because um, we're in dire straits right now in the first responder world in all capacities. And I don't yep. think those on the job right now are, are very happy about that. I don't think anyone who's on the job right now got on being like, cool, in five years, I'm not going to want to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, I know I didn't. I was I was planning on getting yanked out of that station at 65 years old. And at 40, I was all done. And Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a, such an important point, Keith. Yeah. With, for, I've heard stories of, of, of first, second, third calls. You know, the fourth call is, is awful and horrific. And they're like, I, we can't do this. Yeah why aren't we having conversations in the academies as you know as we're starting you know here are some resources that are available because it's going to be difficult yep you're so right yep it's um i i gave a presentation a few weeks ago at an emt class out in western mass uh, about a month ago now and there was you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed young folk in this room and, you know, I don't like to consider myself an old guy at 44, but uh, <laughs> I am. And, you know, I, I tell them in the beginning, I'm like, you're going to hear some tough things in the next two hours. And it's not to scare you, it's to wake you up. And because these things are going to happen, if you're aware they're going to happen and that there are resources out there to get better and to stay on the job and to better your family, then you're likely to. And um, all of what we're doing, I think all, you know, the FRC is really trying to get out there is, is so important for the longevity of the first responder culture to, to mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah. You have um, to have that culture shift in order for us to keep going. You know, we have to. And what do I always say, Jen? I always, I have a saying about tradition, don't I? What is it? <laughs> yes, 100, 175 years of tradition, <laughs> tradition unimpeded, unimpeded by progress. By progress. <laughs> us firefighters swear by it. You know, police aren't too much better, but overall, the mentality towards the job is so true with that saying, and we got to shift that. Thank you. And we, you, me, FRC, we are doing that. People like us are doing it, and it's it's a very slow process. It's it's a uh, glacially slow on on on. It's actually a glacier glacier on molasses. <laughs> is what how slow we're moving with it, but yeah. but it's happening. It's movement it is. and. I always I use the tank tread theory with a lot of people, um, and some people may not have heard this. So a tank tread, in order to go forward, a tank tread has to go backwards. If you ever look at a tank tread, in order for the tank to move forward, that tank tread on the bottom part is moving backwards. Yeah. And for any forward movement, we have to have some backwards, but there's always forward movement. And you have to concentrate on the forward movement. Yes. And uh, we're doing that. People yeah. like us, people that we network with, people that we're partnering with, people are yes. trying to make a change. And, and that's the important part. Um, yes. So moving forward, Yay. moving forward, let's, 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 let's get this, let's wrap this up. What, <laughs> okay. what are your, what are your visions and, and, and hopes for FRC going into 2023 and beyond? Like what, what do you, what, what are some of your hopes? Um, I think the movement of having, you know, clinical psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists in departments uh, I know there's been a huge push specifically in the law enforcement world um, to have clinicians in their departments um, is, is phenomenal. I, one of my visions, one of FRC's um, visions is to start having coaches be in departments um, through our coach certification. Um, if we can put coaches in all major departments that are specifically there for their, their department, for their, their guys, um, I think that's going to drastically, again, change and influence and impact the environment and culture of our first responder community in phenomenal ways. 
Um, that's absolutely a long-term, you know, five, eight-year goal is to have coaches in all major departments across the country. That is a uh, amazing goal and, and a great hope to have. Um, and, and I think the progress is being made for that to happen. Um, and, you know, I always, I always say we're, we're dealing with a culture that, you know, three to five years ago, barely accepted that therapists were allowed to talk to you. Uh, you know, two to three years ago, we were barely able to acknowledge we had feelings and emotions. And here we are with this new resource being like, here guys, use it. Um, but we're getting them to do it. And mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a slow process. Like I said, uh, it's a glacier on, on molasses um, <laughs> with all avenues of the stigma and everything that we do. Um, yes. So, so that's great. Um, you know, I, I hope that you know all that we're doing um it does it does make that change you know some of my my hopes are that you know with people utilizing you know coaching they're able to bring that back to you know the different parts of their life to just we don't have to live completely in stress and and you know emotionally cut off and you know with compassion fatigue especially um you know a lot of these things can be worked on and and i hope yeah. that coaching is part of that movement to to do so it will so moving forward uh you know, probably, uh, so folks know who are tuning in and watching this, uh, you know, future podcasts where, you know, it won't be, we're not, we're not going to push the coaching thing every episode, but, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things we like to stick with is that wellness, uh, that wellness and resiliency piece, uh, and, and how important it is to be proactive. And so mm -hmm. a lot of the future guests that I have, uh, lined up are people who are for that. Uh, we have some pretty good names. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give any sneak peeks yet. But we have some pretty good names of people who are, uh, you know, national level speakers and presenters and, and nationally renowned for what their part is in the first responder world. Uh, if anyone listening uh, is interested uh, in being a guest on the uh, podcast here, uh, you know, reach out. You can shoot me an email uh, at keithh at 1strespondercoaching.org. Uh, and we can uh, set up a meeting to talk about that. Um, I think uh, this was this was really good, Jen. I think having you on is sort of you know breaking down that you know what is coaching and 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 why is it different than some of the other things. Uh, you know, I think might might help people with their confusion or, or maybe even lack of knowledge. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been an awesome opportunity to share what FRCs again, mission goals, values, what all of it is that we are doing here. Um, and so to get it out, get this the word out that coaching is this proactive modality to, to support our first responder community is, is again, vital. And any way we can do that moving forward, I'm honored to, to do so. So thank you, Keith. Awesome. Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Um, any closing remarks before we uh, end our episode? Um, not particularly just again, I guess, reach out. Um, you are not alone, right? Those are some of the phrases. It's okay to not be okay. Just don't plan on staying there long, right? We have the, um, you have the resource now. There's no one who watches this or listens to this that can walk away saying, I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Um, here you go. This is what we can do. And, um, and we will continue to support our amazing community. We have to, we have to be here for each other. So thank you, Keith. Absolutely. All right, folks, this has been the Resilient Responder Podcast. Until next time, be safe, reach out. 
Coaching is here now for all first responders and their families. When it comes to the job and the stresses that come with it, we at First Responder Coaching know exactly how it can affect every aspect of your life and the lives of those around you. That's because we are first responders and their families. First responders are well-versed in reacting to a situation. It is literally what we do as firefighters, law enforcement, dispatch, and EMS personnel. When trauma enters our lives, we react to it by tucking it down away somewhere in our minds, but we carry it with us and never really goes away. We need to stop carrying trauma into every aspect of our personal and professional lives. It's time to start having proactive, powerful conversations right now to gain a better balance in the responder's whole life. This is true for their families, especially the spouses. Take that first step in making some of the most important improvements in your life. Visit www.1strespondercoaching.org now to make an appointment to chat with FRC. A coach will reach out, and before you know it, you'll be on your way to living a proactively fit lifestyle.